Hey, everybody, this is Tammy Washington. Thank you so much for tuning in for the show. I think it's going to be a really great show today because we're going to be talking about um, something that recently I've been dealing a lot with, and that's dealing with correction Um, in the workplace, just in life in general. um, I've been learning some interesting lessons, and I thought I'd share it with all of you. Um, So let's just kind of look at the whole perspective of getting correction. You know, for a long time, I've always been someone who was kind of applauded, like at work with managers and that type of thing. Um, One of the feedback that I would always get, one piece of feedback I'd always get whenever I had a review was that you take correction very, very well. And I remember like the last time I got that feedback, I remember, you know, smiling and kind of nodding and thinking, wow, that's interesting because I don't feel like I take correction well at all. You know, I think um, just over the years, I've trained myself to take it, to smile and nod. But inside, a lot of times I'd be cringing and I'd want to cry. And the moment I walked away from the person, I wanted to tear up and and just run and kind of hide into a corner. Um, and so I think, you know, this whole kind of putting on the facade of, you know, everything is okay and I'm taking this really well. I think a lot of it, as always, most things happen, you know, that the facades we put up in the world are based on the bandages we've learned to wear from our childhood, from our past. And I think just growing up a child in the South, you weren't really allowed to not accept correction. You know, you weren't exactly allowed to talk back to your parents, even if you thought that they were completely and utterly wrong. And so I think in my life, that's one of the areas where um, I just kind of learned to smile and nod, you know, and just kind of take it, even though I was dying inside, because growing up, you just, I just never really felt like I had, um, the right to say anything. Um, And so that kind of transferred into my work life, which on the outside actually turned out to be really good for me. But as we all know, it doesn't really matter what it looks like on the outside. What really matters is how it's, uh, what's happening in the inside. And I believe the reason why correction was always so hard for me to accept, because when I say I would be crushed, I mean, I would be crushed. And I always say this to people, managers or people that I work with. I'm like, listen, you can say whatever you want to say to me because I am going to beat myself up 10 times more than what you could ever do. And so, and that's a very true response. It's not a great response, you know, obviously, but it's very true about my life. I tend to beat myself up a whole lot. So when I say that, um, the idea of getting correction or saying that, you know, you did something wrong or, you know, you could do this better. Um, it's a, it's, it's, it's real. It's real. Like I, I'm very sensitive. I'm very, very sensitive person. And so it would crush me inside. And I'm just saying that just so you guys understand that I'm not like one of these people who are just kind of like, Oh yeah, I can take anything and it'll slide off my back. You know, like, no, ah, this whole idea that I could was really a facade. So anyway, And when I realize, when I really sit down and look at, okay, well, why is it that it hurts so bad to sort of get corrected or to feel that I did something wrong? And what it really boils down to at the core of all of it is that I think we often equate correction with rejection. We feel that the person is basically saying not, you know, what you did isn't good enough, but you aren't good enough. 
And for me, for a long time, that was the big thing that weighed on my shoulders. It's just sort of this feeling that I was never good enough. I was never going to be good enough. And I always had to work, you know, twice as hard. I was always going to have to, you know, be better than everybody else. And it still wouldn't be good enough. And so every time I quote unquote got corrected, I felt the rejection. I felt the pain of that, of that feeling of just not being good enough. And so, um, and then you mirror that with, you know, the idea that you can't really say anything to someone who's in authority. And actually it's a sign of respect to not kind of disagree with the authority figure, authority figure. It kind of creates this really interesting situation to where, um, you know, dealing with rejection or dealing with correction really becomes this huge, you, you really get this huge fear around it because it almost feels like conflict. You know, it's, it, it's, it's kind of the same feeling as conflict in your heart. And so we do everything that we can to try to avoid it. And so you try to be perfect, perfect, perfect. So you never get corrected. And then when you do, it hurts that much more. So since we're talking about, uh, correction, it's interesting, um, that I have recently heard a sermon from my pastor. I attend One Church LA in Los Angeles with Pastor Tori Roberts, and um, he's absolutely fantastic. So if you're ever in the LA area or, or you can check him out online, definitely check out One Church LA. It's an absolutely amazing church, and he's just a phenomenal pastor. But he recently did this sermon about Cain and Abel, and it was fantastic. And it was talking about the two... Um, the two offerings that they brought to God. And so I'm actually going to read very quickly, just a little part of that story, just so that you get a better idea of what's happening. Okay, so we're going to look at Genesis chapter four, and we're going to look at Actually, let's look at verse two, Genesis chapter four, verse two. After that, Eve gave birth to Cain's brother Abel. Abel took care of the sheep and Cain became a farmer. So Cain was the big brother. He was a farmer um, and Abel took care of the sheep. Verse three, later Cain brought a gift to God. He brought some food from the ground. Abel brought the best parts of his best sheep. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but God did not accept Cain and his gift. Cain became very angry, angry and looked unhappy. The Lord asked Cain, why are you angry? Why do you look so unhappy? If you do good, I will accept you. But if you do not do good, sin is ready to attack you. Sin wants you, but you must rule over it. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. So Cain and Abel went into the field and then Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. And so the sermon was about this entire story. And I've heard this story millions of times, you know, from childhood up until, you know, now, but I'd never heard anybody put it quite the way that um, Pastor Torrey put it. And it was absolutely phenomenal because what he said was, where did Cain go wrong? Where did Cain go wrong? It wasn't the fact that he killed his brother. Yes, obviously that was bad, but that's not where he went wrong. The story starts out talking about Cain brought a gift to God. Now, Cain, it didn't say that God asked them to bring a gift. It said Cain did it on his own, which meant that Cain already had a great heart. Cain already had a a heart of worship, a, a heart of offering. 
And Abel followed his big brother's lead. So Cain was already a leader. He was already in the place that he needed to be. Um, However, Abel, not even knowing what he was doing, I'm sure, because there's no talk about there ever being any offerings before this part of the Bible. Of course, we're only four chapters in, but hey. But the point of the matter is Abel followed Cain's lead and it just so happened that his gift was better because he decided to to do the best of the best. And so what happens is that God corrects Cain and he says, I will accept Abel's gift because Abel gave the best of the best and you gave an offering. And so he, so the pastor explained this verse from several different sides. And one of them, he explained it from being in the shoes of Cain and, and like, you know what? I, what I thought I was doing, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was, I thought I was doing something that was admirable and it seems like it was rejected. And we can all say that we've been there, I'm sure, where we did our absolute best. We went over and beyond. He didn't even ask for it, but I went out and did it anyway. And somebody has a complaint about it. And the feeling of that and how it crushes your spirit. And that's basically what happened with Cain. Because in the next verse, now I'm reading from, I'm actually reading from a children's Bible because I like the simplicity of it. Um, the International Children's Bible. But if you look in some um, versions, it says his countenance fell. And this one, it says he looked very unhappy. Meaning, you know, his spirit fell. And we've all been there where something happened and it completely just changes our spirit. Suddenly we're down when we were up. And I, the really interesting thing about it, though, is that God looks at Cain and says, why are you unhappy? Why are you angry? And I think that's an, a very important question because for us as the readers, we see that and we're kind of like, why is God playing around with him? He knows why he's angry. He knows why. But God, but I think, but God's not a liar, right? So if God is asking, I think he's actually being genuine. Like, why are you looking down? Why are you, why are you so upset? Because in God's eye, that what I did was nothing for you to be accept, upset about. I was simply giving you correction. All Cain had to do was go back to his farm and bring another offering. But instead of him taking the correction and saying, when God said, no, 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 look at what Abel did. This is, this is the right way to do it. Instead of him going back and saying, okay, I see what my brother did. Let me go and do the same. Let me do even better. He got upset. He felt rejected. And he then took that anger out on Abel. His jealousy, his emotions started to direct him versus his logic. I don't know if the idea was if I get Abel out of the way, then, you know, I'll have God all to myself. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but he, but his, he was so emotional. It hurt so bad that he decided the only thing that he could do is go out and kill his, um, his own brother. And so it, it that, it was powerful in the way that the pastor explained it because it made me really understand how powerful it is to get a handle on this whole correction thing. That if you don't understand how to take correction, it can actually ruin your life. And 
that at that moment, I, I said, you know what? I've got to really get this correction thing down. So the funny thing in life is when we say, God, oh, I want to work on something. God's like, okay. And he gives us experiences to work through it. So um, right after that, I swear, a couple of days later, I'm um, at an event um, and I'm working with a trainer who, um, for those of you who know, I speak and I train, I travel around the world empowering people um, to really live their dreams and to have freedom, to have financial freedom, to have the freedom to, to go out and create the lives that they want. Um, and so I was at this particular event with another trainer and he's kind of a hard trainer and everybody knows that everybody says it, but I keep getting put with this trainer for a reason. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm in it. You're giving me this, this is, you're giving this to me for a reason. So, um, well during the event, um, during one of the sections, he didn't like the way I did something or the way that I explained something. And so, you know, as the participants are doing their thing, he comes up on stage and he he kind of goes off on me. You know, he's like, yeah, da, 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 you know, very harshly in a very, you know, very mean tone and very like, this is not how you do it. This is how you do it. You know, and as he's sitting there talking to me, you know, reprimanding me, I just like my heart sank, like my heart just got heavy. And I could feel the tears brimming up in my eyes. Like I could feel it like they were coming. And I was just like, there's no way I'm going to be able to cry on this stage. Like, like get yourself together, girl, you know, but, but it just, it hurt so bad. Cause like I said, I am extremely sensitive and, um, and all I, and, and I, and I literally could feel myself shrinking, which is one of the things that I do when I, when I feel ready, we kind of go back into our little girl state. Right. And so my shoulders were starting to slump over and, and I, I, I felt powerless. I felt terrible. I felt like I just kind of wanted to like run off the stage. Um, but in that moment, I remembered Cain and Abel and I remembered it's just correction. No one is rejecting you. No one is saying that you're unlovable. Nobody's saying that you're terrible. It's just correction. All that person is saying is that you could have done this a little bit better. And at that moment, when I realized it's just correction, suddenly my shoulders lifted back, went, you know, back, you know, um, my spirit, my countenance rose. And all of a sudden, I could smile. I could breathe again because I realized, you know what? It's just correction. And so I wanted to kind of leave that with you guys today is that it's just correction. And so I want to leave you also with three, um, three things that you can use, three tips for taking correction. And I, and whether this is, you know, in work, whether this is with your family life, whether this is with your friends, your spouses, because of course, you know, that same lesson kept coming back up over and over and over again. I'm like, okay, God, all right, I get it. I got it. It's just correction, right? Okay. And so here they, so tip number one, um, or lesson number one, it's, it's just correction. It's not rejection. The thing that we have to remember is that God corrects those who he loves. He corrects his children. He says that in the Bible over and over and over and over again. And you know, even when Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, he wasn't rejecting Peter. He was rejecting that spirit 
of what Peter was projecting at the moment. He was just correcting him and saying, no, 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 you're just a little bit off. And remember, sin means missing the mark. I think sometimes we've gotten into this thing where sin has become this evil, wicked, oh my God, you're going to hell thing. And in this section of the Bible that we're talking about with Cain and Abel, he said, you know, sin is right at your heels, ready ready to attack. You know, just that idea of being in that spirit of just missing the mark. You, you just missed it. The mark's over here and you just missed it. You know, you missed the point. You missed the point of the correction. You missed the point of the offering that I get first, I get the best. You, you missed it. And now let me correct you so that you get back onto the right track. So it's just correction. And correction is a good thing because if you don't, if you think about like a marble that keeps rolling and rolling and rolling, unless it hits something that's going to stop it, right? Well, if it's about to go off a cliff, and I put my hand there to direct it in another way. Well, I just saved the marble from falling. I didn't do any, I didn't reject the marble. So if you just think about it in ways like that, like make it very simplistic so that we take the emotion out of it. It's so the next time somebody corrects you, think about the marble. It's just their hand saying, hey, go in this other direction so that you don't fall, so that you don't completely crash and burn. So, God corrects those that he loves and he corrects us through other people many times. So just remember that the next time that you're corrected. Number two, the number two um, lesson, iron sharpening iron. So God will put people in our lives that will make us better. Now, if there had not been an able, some of us may think, you know, we don't know what the story would have been like, but if there had not been an able, would Cain's offering have been acceptable? Maybe Maybe not, but it kind of makes you think if Cain had taken the correction, cause he already had the right idea. Hey, I'm going to give an offering to God. You know, nobody else had ever done that before. Not even Adam and Eve. It doesn't say anything about them, you know, making the offers to God. But Cain said, I'm going to make an offer to God, offering to God. He was on the right track. Abel comes along, gives an offer also. Um, and God likes Abel's better or accepts Abel's offering and not Cain's. What if Cain had gone back and, and given the best of his crops and then added some to it, you know, like made it even better? That's one way he could have done it. But instead, he got in his feelings and he didn't know how to react. And so iron sharpening iron, Abel was actually there to sharpen Cain. Was to basically say, hey, listen, this is this is great. But listen, it, it could be a little bit better. And so who in your life is sharpening you? And this is usually the person who you're not, it's not going to feel good. Anytime we think about iron sharpening iron, how does iron sharpen iron? You got to have heat. You got to put the iron in the heat. It has to go in the flames. And that's what actually sculpts it. That's what actually um, you can use to make it sharp. Then you start to chill it, but it has to go through that heat first. So when somebody is sharpening you, it's never, it usually never, ever feels good. But the problem is a lot of times we only want to hear the good stuff. We only want it to be nice and shiny and pretty. But what do you remember? Usually you remember the bad stuff easier than you remember the good stuff, unfortunately. And so when we go through something that is painful, usually we never want to experience that again. So we learn that lesson quick, don't we? 
So think about it. So the next time somebody's sharpening you and it feels really painful and, and you feel like your spirit is crushed, just remember it's just iron sharpening iron. And every time you go through that pain, you're getting stronger and stronger. You're getting better and better. And so the next time you come up to that obstacle, you are going to know how to face it because you've been sharpened. But if all you've ever done is been around people who've been spoon feeding you, you're never going to grow. And at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. We're here to grow. And so here's the third lesson. And this is kind of a Southern, (laughs) just a little Southern uh, thing that we say, eat the meat, but spit out the bones. So here's what I realized when I was dealing with uh, the guy. And when I really realized, when I really, and this is after I got off stage and I, and I sat down and really thought about what he said, what he was saying wasn't some big, terrible thing. Also, I don't think that I, what I did was anything terrible. It just wasn't the way that he liked it. And I know enough from working with him that he likes things done a certain way. It doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong. It's just not the way that he likes it. And so as my leader, I have to always do it the way he likes it, even if I think that it could be done a better way. And so the point of the the whole reason why I say all of that is a lot of times why we fear correction so much is because we fear this feeling that we're doing something wrong. And a lot of times you got to remember that when people are correcting or when people are interacting with us, they're bringing their junk also with them. Now, that doesn't mean that they're all wrong. Um, most of the time they are right, but you got to you got to eat the meat, but spit out the bones. OK, so there. So look at those situations and look at where can I grow? Is what this person is saying? Is it correct? Is there a space for growth? And then you have to also look at, okay, and now look, what's this person's stuff as well? Because we all got baggage. We all got issues. What are, what's this person's stuff? Okay, this person's actually going through something. This, there's sometimes when I had to look at some of my managers and say, this person is actually extremely stressed out. We might be losing this account. They don't know what they're doing. They're out of their minds, stressed out. And yes, that person spoke to me really harshly, but it probably has nothing to do with me. That's called spitting out the bones. That means letting it go. The way, the tone in which the person said it to you, let it go. And I'm speaking to myself here, you know, because even recently I had another situation where someone corrected me on something and I completely disagreed. And part of the thing I didn't like was kind of the attitude the person had when they corrected. But what I will say, eating the, the meat and spitting out the bones, I looked at it and I said, well, this person is giving me a reflection of how I'm showing up in the world. Because if I showed up that way for him, I might be showing up that way for somebody else as well. And it's something that I need to look at, you know? So again, it becomes a mirror, but you eat the meat and you spit out the bones. Okay. Um, Let go of the pain that the person might've delivered it in, let go of the extra baggage they might bring, and then get the lesson that's going to actually help you to grow. That's my tip. That's that's what I want to talk to you guys about correction. Um, and also, I want to add a bonus tip on there. Go and do a self-awareness test. I recently did this, and it's very, very helpful where you go and actually you ask to be corrected. So I went around to close family and friends, and I asked for self-awareness. I said, listen, tell me the areas or what do you think I'm really great at? And then what things do you think that I'm actually terrible at? 
And it's good self-awareness because number one, again, it shows you how you're showing up in the world and it gives you an opportunity to correct and continue. That's something that uh, I learned in, in a class, personal development class I took um, a while ago. And it really changed my life. Just the idea that you can correct and continue doesn't mean you beat yourself up. It just means that the the path in which I'm, I'm going isn't right when I just need to make a shift. That's it. Correct and continue. Move on. Um, and so that was very important for me. And it's, it's, it's very interesting what you will find if you were willing to step up to the plate and be willing to be corrected and say, okay, what are the things where I'm really great? And what are the things that I'm terrible? And I word word it just like that too, because you got to make sure that people feel comfortable. And of course, before you do this, make sure that they feel comfortable and, and tell them like, I need the God honest truth because this is going to help me so much in my growth because people don't want to hurt you. So they're not going to say anything that to hurt you. So let them know like, you know, this is not going to hurt me. It will hurt me if you don't tell me the truth. And so that's what I would say. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, yeah, keep checking us out. I'm going to be trying to bring you more and more inspirational podcasts. Uh, This has been Tammy Washington. Enjoy your day.